0: Welcome to the first episode of Sorted SF, the podcast about some of the more sorted events and crime San Francisco has seen that makes it what it is today. So I have a lot of ideas about what this podcast could be, but the only way to realize them is to actually get started. So just like my friend Haas committing to his middle part, we just got to do the damn thing. So I'm not sure what the format of this podcast will end up as, but for now, enjoy me talking to you while you drive in your car, work on your latest project, run, bike, cry, drink, whatever you're doing. I'm happy we're here doing it together. So this first story I'm going to tell you today at its core is a story about redemption, about a man who made mistake after mistake. And just could not get it together. But with time and self-reflection and a kick in the ass, he turned his life around and is living proof that we can always redeem him ourselves if we want it bad enough. There's never anything we can't make right. So sit back and enjoy the story of the Sunset Spider-Man burglaries. My sources for this episode include an article from SF Gate, an article from LDS Living, and This American Life. Enjoy. So let's set the scene. It is June 2002. The country is still reeling and getting back to normal after 9-11. A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton is the number one song in the country, which actually makes me really want to cry because what a moment in time is that song, you know? Uh, I'm a cute little kid. I'm about to start fourth grade in the fall and Christian with a K Quan Marine is discovered in the crawl space of a store on the corner of Irving and 40th Avenue. So in reading the articles, they all say he was discovered on 40th and Irving, but I don't think there was ever like a store there. There's a store on Irving and 41st, Clancy's. Um, so I don't know. I don't really know what to believe if it was like a typo and they meant Clancy's or there was a store there in 2002 that I just like don't remember at all, but whatever. So who is Christian with a K and why was he in an attic at maybe Clancy's and maybe another store? Born in 1977, making him only 25 at the time of his arrest, Christian Quan Marine was a really mild-mannered guy. He was a church-going Mormon. And he was just working at an SF health club, which I think means like a 24 hour fitness or like some kind of gym, maybe the Y. So he could have lived a pretty normal life, except for the fact that he was dead broke due to his gambling addiction, an addiction so bad that he gambled away his entire college fund a week before classes were supposed to start. In his own words, food, water, gambling, and food and water went away. At least I still had gambling shelter went away, at least I'd still have gambling. Christian was going to the casinos almost every single day. So the night of his first robbery, long before he was found in the crawl space above maybe Clancy's, um, it was an entirely accidental robbery. Christian was weeks behind on rent, desperately trying to figure out what his next move was. He was closing up shop at the health club he worked at and was transferring money to the safe just as he did every night when he thought, what if I just don't put it in the safe and take some of the money? I can gamble it and make rent and replace it before anyone knows. Famous last words, right? So dumb, dumb Christian takes it to the casino, his words, and by 2 a.m. loses it all and drives back to San Francisco, which to side note, gambling's illegal in California. And like, I don't think there's any way he drove to and from South Lake Tahoe or Reno. So he had to have been doing like illegal gambling. Right? Like, I just there's no casinos, like in a quick quick drive from the city. So I don't know, seems sus. Um, so he's freaking out. You know, he just stole money from his place of work and he immediately gambled it away and is returning back to the city with nothing. He's super depressed and lost and actually considers pulling over. On the side of the road while driving across the bay bridge and just jumping and ending it all but instead of doing that he channels his american ingenuity and problem-solving skills and the mission impossible movie flashes through his mind and he gets a little brain blast he's going to be tom cruise and lower himself into buildings so at this point his mind is spinning where can he hit what business can he target and he thinks of a little concession stand where he goes to college he's at city college at this time and he's thinking of this concession stand and it seems remote enough it seems unprotected enough so he's gonna go for it so christian with a k heads home to change puts on some snowboarding gloves because he obviously doesn't have burglary gloves this super normal dude he puts on the gloves dark clothes and heads back over to city college once he's there, he climbs to the top of the concession stand using like some trees that are nearby and finds a little hatch in the roof. The hatch, of course, is unlocked and Christian just goes for it. He just jumps in, He just drops 10 feet, no rope, can't see the ground, just drops in. Psycho. He finds the safe and to his relief, it's unlocked and open. It's 2002, so you can't really blame them, you know. Like San Francisco wasn't the crime-ridden jungle it is today, where dogs are stolen out of moving vehicles. But still, like who doesn't lock their safe? Um, Christian leaves a concession stand with five thousand five hundred dollars. Like, can you believe that? Like the bar I worked at for years didn't hold that much in the safe—like five grand in 2002 in an unlocked safe in like a shanty concession stand at a city college like what is this a bank like that makes no sense it makes no sense who does that insane um so he makes out like a literal bandit and keeping good on his word goes straight to his place of work and replaces the two hundred dollars he had taken to gamble with earlier that night all his problems were solved you know he could pay rent his work would never know that he'd stolen money all was well but of course That's not what an addicted mind looks like, because now Christian has $5,000 worth of money to play with. And of course, he can't lose it all. He's going to hit it big this time. Too big to fail. But here's the thing Christian realized. Now he has a way to keep getting money. And the floodgates have opened, and he is sending it. And thus begins his journey into becoming Spider-Man. Christian was jumping across 10-foot alleyways from building to building, entering through skylights all throughout the sunset. He even broke in and burgled Noriega Produce, the market, a few blocks from my house growing up. And during this burglary, Christian even took what he called a union break to eat an ice cream bar. The missing ice cream bar even made the police report. You know, it said something like, yeah, he burgled, burgled, Eve, and even there's a missing ice cream bar. He must have eaten it. Um, my mom and I went. multiple times a week to pick up grocery items we had forgotten on like our Safeway runs and at the time being a child I had no idea it had been the target of Spider-Man and so I wonder if my mom knew. By the time he robbed Noriega produce he was already a pro. Uh, The police report says quote the manner in which the crimes were carried out indicates planning and sophistication which Christian now laughs at because he says he would just show up to these places in whatever clothes he was wearing. He didn't case the place. He had a backpack of random tools like garden hoses and a carjack and a meat cleaver he used to cut through walls. Christian says this entire period of his life was just shrouded in fear. He didn't enjoy a moment of it. He hated his double life, and every time he robbed a place, he'd swear it was the last time. But that is addiction for you. During the day, he worked at the health club, church on Sundays, friends on the weekends, and an alarm set for 1 or 2 a.m. almost every single night when he'd become Spider-Man. If he found money, he'd come home, shower, and go straight to the casinos just immediately. If he didn't, he'd go back to bed and sleep all day. It wasn't always easy for Christian, though. For examples, one of his burglaries, he cut a vacuum cord and... Use that to lower himself into a small Japanese restaurant. He landed on the floor, looked out the large, large windows, and saw a freaking police car. So he hustles to the register, gets what he can, tries to climb back up the vacuum cord, gets part of the way up, and just falls 10 feet onto a table. So he's screwed because the only way out is through the front door. So there's absolute the balls on this guy. There's nutcase marches towards the front door and heads out into the world the police officers just right there he greets the officer pulls out his keys and pretends to lock up like he's an employee just hey officer just locking up for the night and just walks into the walks away insane like i, I can't imagine the the guts the gall Christian continued to steal from businesses throughout the sunset And as we know, eventually he was caught at Clancy's or maybe the store on 40th that may or may not have been there and only after two months. So he was caught two months after his first burglary and he had burglarized at least 63 businesses in that time, two months, 60 days, 63 businesses robbed. He confessed as soon as he was caught, and I think he honestly must have been relieved. But again, 63 businesses burglared, burglarized, burglarized, burgled, whatever. 63 businesses had money taken from them in two months. That's insane. So he's caught. And after two years in custody awaiting trial, Christian pleaded guilty to 63 counts of burglary. And since he was a first-time offender, he received a sentence of six years, but after credit for the time served, he was released with five years probation. Now, remember, Christian was, you know, he was part of the church. He had a lot of friends. He was, by all accounts, a normal guy, and no one could believe that this was him. I don't even think his friends knew he had a gambling problem. But Christian's friends were all super excited to help him get back on his feet once he was out of jail. He was going to gambling meetings, rebuilding his life from the ground up. But it didn't last too long. Within a year, the thirst was back, and he was back at the casinos. Before he was arrested for all his Spider-Man escapades, there was a sense of removal from all the crimes he was committing, you know, as you can imagine. He was stealing from businesses. He wasn't stealing from a person or someone's, like, family member. He was just stealing from some abstract entity, you know, a business, whatever. It's like, if you steal from Walmart, who cares? Well, I guess that's not a great comparison. Okay. Don't steal. Um, but At this point, Christian was more desperate than ever, and so desperate that while driving around looking for a store to hit, he saw a woman walking with her purse. So he pulls up behind her, gets out of his car, kind of follows her for a block, and grabs her purse. But girl did not let go. So she's pulling onto her purse, he's tugging at it, trying to run away with it, and he ends up like grabbing it so hard, yanking it so hard that she falls to the ground, which I think then just you know becomes like aggravated assault or something. Um, I don't know, crime. So the next day after this, because Christian gets away. He gets away after stealing this lady's purse. And the next day, Christian tries to swipe a bag from a lady um, from a cafe on 9th and maybe Judah. Uh, 9th and Judah, 9th and Irving, I'm not sure. Maybe 9th and Lincoln. I don't know. 9th. Um, so he tries to just swipe this bag off this lady and he does actually, you know, I'm not sure if he actually takes the purse, but he ends up having to run away and he takes off through Golden Gate Park and, you know, it's 2002. So we still had like kind of a decent mounted police force. Like this was probably around the time I went to horse camp at the police stables in the park. So there just happened to be an SF mounted police officer, Officer Khan Chin, um, in the vicinity. And he chased Christian down on horseback and like through the park and eventually arrested him in one of those big fields near the Academy of Sciences and like across from the Arboretum. So it was over. Christian was back in jail. Jail guards had heard about his crazy escapades, you know, they had heard that like, oh, we got this dude here and he's nuts. He just does Spider-Man stuff. And so they, they really wanted to see it. So they kind of snuck him off to this empty part of the jail or like an empty cell or some shit. And they threw a rope down and just wanted him to climb it. And by this point, you know, he had been in jail for a while and he was doing hundreds of pull-ups and sit-ups a day just to pass the time. And to everyone, especially him, everyone's surprised he couldn't climb the rope for shit. And he says it's because the desperation wasn't there. You know, there was no life or death motivation. His addiction at that point wasn't driving him. He was in jail. What did he have to stress about climbing a rope for? And you know, this time around, Christian took recovery incredibly seriously. He really doubled down. Ooh, excuse me. He really doubled down on his belief in. Uh, the Mormon Church, Church of Latter-day Saints. And, you know, I'm not a huge proponent for religion, but if the structure of religion is what sets you free from your demons, then hell yeah, you know, do you. Um, as of now, Christian hasn't gambled since 2004. He currently works in tech in the city and has a nice apartment or home Um I'm not sure what the article I read was from 2017 and he lived in a really bougie apartment. So maybe he has a home now because he has a wife and a kid. So like good for him. I, I love a redemption story because they remind us that we're never too far gone to be saved from ourselves and our own, you know, issues. We're never too far gone to forgive ourselves and make positive changes in our own lives Um, And we're always able to wake up and strive to be the best versions of ourselves. And we can do it. We can do it, guys. Just like Christian, we can fucking do it. And so there you have it. That's the story of Peter Parkour, a.k.a. Christian Quan Marine, a.k.a. the Sunset Spider-Man burglar. Uh, If you have any ideas or a favorite San Francisco crime, DM me at sorted sf on instagram email me at sorted SF at gmail.com call me text me bat signal me spider-man signal no that's not a thing um yeah just reach out i think i want to end these episodes maybe talking about things going on in the city or i don't know suggestions on things to do events going on so if you have an event you want me to plug i will i'm here for you i will get the word out with you know the seven people who end up listening to this um but they'll know (laughs) those seven folks will know um it's been beautiful weather wise i've been spending a lot of time at the beach lately um so get out to the beach guys and if you haven't been to coit tower i went to coit tower recently and It it was my first time ever being there. It's insane. So if you live in the city, if you're visiting the city, definitely check it out. For residents, it's seven bucks. I think for non-residents, it's like 14, but totally worth it. A lot of fun. And that actually reminds me, at the gift shop there, they had like a whole bunch of really cool posters, like old school SF posters and like paintings or whatever. And they had a handful of little like used books. And I found like an old yearbook from 1932. It's really cool. Um, But I was just flipping through it casually. And all of a sudden I see like girls from my high school that I went to. And, you know, obviously I didn't know them because this is a yearbook from 1932. um, But girls from my high school, along with a handful of other high schools, the yearbook thing is called El Faro. And. I'm really confused because I'm like, who are these girls? Like, why why is my high school in this yearbook? This isn't my high school's yearbook. And I'm flipping through more and I get even more confused because the like patron saint of our school or like foundress, I don't know, is she a saint? The foundress of our school is this gal, Madeline Sophie Barat. And there's a whole portion in this yearbook devoted to her. And so I'm just like, really, really confused because this isn't my school's yearbook, but it's from San Francisco. And, you know, I asked a bunch of my friends, what, what is this? And another friend let me know that before, I think before there was USF, there was this all girls, women's call it all girls, women's college redundant uh this all girls college that usf actually picked up and acquired or bought like later down the line so it's there just used to be an all women's college here in san francisco and this was their yearbook from 1932 and you know that's why girls from my high school were there there were girls from other high schools um but like throughout the bay area i don't know it was just kind of a really cool find that you know it was pretty serendipitous and I'm stoked on it. It's pretty cool. So thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. If you liked what you heard and want to do me a favor, you know what? Even if you didn't like what you heard, but you just like me a little bit, head to wherever you're listening to this podcast, so like Spotify or Apple, rate it five stars. Can you rate on Spotify? I don't even know. Rate it five stars, subscribe, and be sure to comment. Um, doesn't even need to be like a constructive comment just say hi tell me you love me whatever um do that I really appreciate it um please again feel free to dm write in um I think I'm gonna go to the dog park today and you know really enjoy my time here in the city like every one of us should so I love you listener I love you San Francisco and I'll see you again next week Oh!